Hey there, it's Gary Zimak. Welcome to Following the Truth. And I'm going to try something a little bit unusual today. I used to do this in the past years ago when I, I think when I first started doing the podcast, I'm going to try to record this with the windows open. Now, it's a beautiful day here in southern New Jersey. Man, it was touch and go for a while there last night. We fortunately, where we are, we have we sustained no damage. We didn't even, if it didn't even really get any serious uh, storms of any kind. But all around us, there were some tornadoes. There was some crazy, uh, crazy weather activity going on. Um, but it, it is absolutely gorgeous today, and I and I have to try to do the show with the windows open. So I'm going to try to do that. I want to thank you for stopping by. There's a chair for you right here at the table. And I hope you'll be able to stay for the entire program. We're going to talk about trusting Jesus today, even when it doesn't make sense. And um, boy, I love this topic. I I love this topic because I am not in any way condoning that we do what is irresponsible. You know, God doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to to take uh, ridiculous chances. But, and, and this is what I've learned, there are many times that when the Lord is trying to increase our faith, which is something he wants to do because he wants to have a deeper relationship with us. And the only way that that can happen is through faith. So obviously he needs to help uh, to increase our faith so that we can grow closer to him. And he often does that by placing us in difficult situations, situations which we might not understand or situations where it's required that we trust Him more. We're going to read about something in in the Gospel from today's Daily Mass, which I think very nicely illustrates this, this idea of trusting Jesus, even when it doesn't make sense. And we'll see in the person of Simon Peter an example of somebody who did that, who trusted Jesus, even when common sense, which is something we rely on a lot, even when common sense tells us or told him that maybe you shouldn't trust Jesus, but he did it anyway. And I, and I think if we look at the story, one of the great things about these reading these these uh, encounters with Jesus in the Bible is that we not only see the encounter, but we get to see behind the scenes about how good came out of the encounter based on how one of the one of the figures acted. In this case, because Peter trusted. Some good things happen, and the Lord really took him to the next level of faith, as he would continue to do with Peter throughout his life, and as as he will continue to do with us throughout our lives. You know, it's not just like we trust him one time, and then we have arrived. No, we're going to—he's going to continually stretch us, which I'm not especially a big fan of, because I don't like uncertainty. I don't like uh, uh, taking risks. It's not, not my nature, but I found that the more you do that when it comes to your relationship with the Lord— the more you grow close to him, and in, in, in the end, the more peace that you will have. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on the show. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, so we're doing the windows open, right? Now, all of my neighbors, they just uh, they were just out cutting their lawns, we, or we had a lawn service come by and cut a bunch of lawns, so they're gone, but I do hear in the distance the, the ice cream man, so I'm not sure if you're going to hear the ice cream man jingle as he goes by. Yeah, it's one of the risks you take with doing uh, the show with the windows open, but I kind of like it. Uh, and in the past, when I used to do this, I would get comments about the different birds that could be heard outside. So if you hear any of the sounds from the outside, you know, you'll know what's going on here. And uh, But whatever the case, I just hope you're doing well today. I really do. I hope you're not 
suffering in any way from the recent hurricane or uh, any of the any any severe weather or hope you're not struggling too much. And um, if you are, you can always reach out to me for extra prayers. I'd be happy to pray for I do pray for you. But if you need anything extra, always feel free to let me know. And uh, why don't speaking of prayer without further ado, let's kick it off by beginning, as we always do, by turning to our Heavenly Father in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being here for us once again. Father, you never fail to be here for your children and you wait to hear from us. You want us to come to you with all of our needs. So we do that today. Father, we come to you with all of our needs. We ask you to bless us this to, this day to accept our intentions. We pray, Father, for all of those who have asked for our prayers, for all of those for whom we said we would pray. We pray for anybody who is suffering in the world this day. We pray for um, an end to the coronavirus. We pray for uh, safety for all who work with the public, especially medical workers and um, military personnel, first responders. And uh, I pray, Father, for a special outpouring of your Holy Spirit today and ask that you pour out your Spirit upon me so that I can deliver the message that you have for us. And I pray also that all of our minds and all of our hearts can be opened by your Spirit so that we are, we are ready to not only hear what you have to say, but to put it into practice. Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus, your Son, who is also our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I'm praying, I hear Mr. Softy growing even closer, so I have no idea. By the way, I don't know I don't know if Mr. Softy is a, a regional uh, ice cream company, or I, I think it is, but that's what we have. Uh, it's one of the, the many trucks. When I was a kid, we used to have good humor. That was a big deal when the good humor truck would come riding up and down the street. Everybody would... You know, say it's the ice cream man. Go home and get some money. It was a really, really big treat. One of the one of the nice memories of summer that I had growing up in the in the uh, Philadelphia area. Uh, it's nice to recall sometimes, isn't it? Those great memories of the past. So uh, I'm going to be competing with the ice cream man as we do this program. <laughs> but I just hope this hope this works out. I knew I should have closed the windows, but we'll see. Beverage du jour today. I just have my mug of of water. Going, going old school today on the program, and uh, I hope you're comfortable with your snack and your beverage and you're ready to get started, and I, I do want to let you know, I say this a lot on the show, but I want, I want to let you know how much I do appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with me. It really means a lot. I look forward to doing this, to sitting down, to opening the Bible, to talking about the Lord with you, and I'm, I'm thankful for not only your presence, but all, for all of your support, either financially or through emails or from your prayers. I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Followingthetruth.com, that's my website. That's the place to go if you want to find out more about my work. And I want to let you know that I am very close to um, finalizing the on-demand version of Give Up Worry for Good. Now, I don't know if you were with me a few weeks ago, as we closed out the eight-week program where I went through my book, Give Up Worry for Good, and did a podcast each day and did some additional reflections via my email. Um, my daughter Mary and I have archived all of these, and we're going we're gonna to be, be able to present them on the website very soon so that if you know somebody 
who wants a little extra help going through Give Up Worry for Good, my eight-week program, uh, the book, if they want that extra help via the podcast and my daily email reflections, which is sort of supplemental information, that's going to be available on demand free of charge very soon. We'll put a button on the website when we've got it finalized and we'll, uh, we'll make it available. So I will keep you posted on that. Followingthetruth.com will be the place to go. But right now, if you want to go there and find out about my work or possibly invite me to speak at your parish, you can do that by going to followingthetruth.com. Okay, let me take one more sip of my water, and we will get started. So the gospel from today is Thursday, April. Today is Thursday, September the 2nd, and um, the gospel from today's Daily Mass comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Let me, um, let me just read it, and, and we'll, we'll pause periodically to try to set this up, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to let you know what really hit me. And, and typically, that's what I do when I go to Mass. I, I try, when it comes to deciding what to speak about on this program and what to write about in my email reflection, I generally ask the Holy Spirit for the guidance, and then I start with the daily Mass readings. If something there moves me, then that's where we go. Now, I don't always speak and write about the same thing each day. Sometimes the daily reflection's different than what we do for the program, but um, some days it's similar. But there's something that hit me today from this gospel, so let's read it now. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. So now we have the people really anxious to hear the Word of God from the Word of God, Jesus himself. And, you know, remember, we, we know a few things uh, that they may not have known. We know that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Son of God. He is divine. The people at the time, they were expecting the Messiah, but a lot of people missed him because he was too ordinary, or they thought he was um, born in Nazareth, when in reality he was born in Bethlehem, which is ex- exactly where the Messiah was supposed to come from. But a lot of people didn't get it. It was harder for them to accept Jesus as the Messiah or the Savior than it is for us. For for many of us, we've been hearing it so long. I've been hearing it for as long as I could remember. So I, I accept it more easily than the people to whom he first spoke this news. It's pretty radical stuff at the time. So Jesus saw two boats there alongside the lake, The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Jesus asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. Now, we don't know how he taught the crowds, but we know that that Jesus was teaching the crowds. He's in the boat. Now, after he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Now, here is the line. This next line is what really got me today. And and this is is what I want to talk about today. Because I think what you're about to see is an example, is one of the better examples of what it means to trust Jesus that you will ever find in the Bible. So here it is. Jesus tells Simon, 
Now remember, Jesus, the non-fisherman, the carpenter's son, is telling the experienced fisherman how to do his job. Think about that for a minute. That is, you know, that's really gutsy to do that. Simon, Jesus said, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. So that kind of tells you that Simon was probably not in the best of moods. Uh, there, you know, as, as, as a proud fisherman, you would think that something about this command from the non-fisherman had to make him feel pretty bad, had to make Simon feel pretty bad about himself, about the job he did, about, um, you know, the fact that he failed. Could be all kinds of thoughts going on through his mind. But he said, Master, we worked hard all night. In other words, we did our job. We tried to do our job to the best of our ability, but we caught nothing, comma, but. Now, here's where it all changes, and here's where you see an example of somebody who decides to place his trust in Jesus. But, at your command, I will lower the nets. Now, that's what really hit me, because throughout my life, there have been many times when I, even, you know, even... In my post-lukewarm days, when I had a relationship with Jesus, there were many times that I said to him, Lord, you're killing me. I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe you're putting me through this. I am praying. I am asking, as you said to do, but I am certainly not receiving. Jesus, you are letting me down. I am getting very frustrated And I really don't feel like praying anymore because I don't think it's doing any good. Now, have you ever been there? Maybe you're there now. I would like to say that I will never be there again. Where I get so frustrated with Jesus because he's not doing what I want him to do or what I expect him to do. That I'm willing to say, or I'm feeling like saying, Lord, I don't know why I'm wasting my time. I hope I don't get to that point again, but I have a feeling something might do that to me. And if I do get to that point, I really do pray that I'll either stop myself and not desert him, or if I do desert him again, I'm hoping I don't, but you never know. If I do desert him, then I come back quickly. But I've been at that point with Jesus where I said, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. You are asking me to go through something that doesn't make sense. And I'm not even talking about him asking you to do something, to boldly step out in some way, because he'll do that too sometimes. He'll ask us to do things that are are scary, you know, not irresponsible, but scary. To talk to somebody when you don't really want to, bring something up, but you know you have to do it to address a particularly uh, difficult subject, you know? Sometimes I'll ask you to do it, but what I'm talking about here is simply accepting the circumstances in your life or accepting a non-answer to a prayer. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying for this new job, and Nothing seems to be happening, yet I'm miserable. I don't think this is where you want me to be, or or something to that effect, you know? 
or this relationship is just not getting any better, even though I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying, but nothing's happening. You know, to, where you get to that point where you, um, where you, where you just get so frustrated, you don't understand what the Lord is doing. And it's at that point, and this is what I put in my email reflection, where oftentimes what Jesus is saying is, trust me. And that's where we have a choice to make. And this is what we see with Simon here. This doesn't make sense what Jesus is asking. What the heck does Jesus know about fishing? He knows nothing about fishing. And, you know, I'm putting myself into Simon Peter's shoes. And yet, for some reason, he obeyed him. And I think that is such a powerful lesson for you and me. Because quite often, Jesus will put us in these situations where he wants us to trust him, which oftentimes is as simple as saying, Jesus, I trust you, or Jesus, I trust in you, or just continuing to pray, even though it doesn't look like your prayer is ever going to be answered. Even though you may feel like what you're praying for has no chance of happening. That's when you and, he, you and me are given the opportunity to put our trust in the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care that I'm scared. I don't care that I'm frustrated. I choose to place my trust in you because trust isn't a feeling. Trust is a choice. It's a decision. We can trust even though we're scared. And that's what Jesus is asking. We can trust even though we don't understand. You know, and, and it, while we're at it, let's talk about the teachings of the church. You know, the, the church that Jesus founded has teachings rooted in the scriptures and the authority of that church. Sometimes the teachings of the church are things that we might not understand why the church teaches as she does. But that's where the trust in Jesus comes in. And we have that opportunity so many times. And, and you know, I've, I can't always say that I responded in a good way. I can't always say that when Jesus said to me, trust me or I, I need you to just keep believing and doing what you're doing. I can't always say that I responded in the way that Simon did. But I'm trying because I see the benefit in it. Whenever we don't understand but do it anyway because we believe Jesus is telling us to do it, our faith goes up to the next level. And here's the example. Here's the payoff here. So Simon does it. At your command, I will lower the nets. I'm tired. We call it nothing, but you say to put the net in the water. Let's do it. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. In other words, their trust in Jesus was paid off. Their trust paid off and they were more successful than when they tried to do it on their own. 
And you know, that's the, that's the great lesson in life. It's like the old saying, you can either do this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is to turn to Jesus for help, for strength. Or to do it on your own. Which is not only going to be unsuccessful, it's also going to be very draining. Sometimes we try to do it all on our own. And we get burned out and frustrated in the process. It doesn't have to be that way. But it often is that way because of the fact that we're not willing to place our trust in Jesus and just to obey when he says to do something. Now, it's just some food for thought, and we see the real payoff here. Um, Let's see. So when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus. When he saw what happened when he listened to Jesus, he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him, and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. So, obviously we see a little insight into what Simon Peter was thinking. He obviously didn't trust Jesus, or he didn't want to trust Jesus, I should say. He didn't have a lot of confidence in him. But he decided to trust him and throw down the nets. You know, and I think that position is one that I can really relate to. Because sometimes I have been asked by the Lord to do certain things, and it's not not necessarily uh, Him audibly saying to me, Gary, I need you to do this, but it's a feeling I get. It's uh, some thoughts, you know. Certain circumstances lead me to a particular opportunity or a situation. And I think, well, this is not good. He can't ask be asking me to do this. This is this isn't going to amount to anything. It's not going to be a positive development. But yet I do it. And like Peter, I realized that, wow, that's that's really what I was supposed to do. And this is this is really bearing good fruit. In other words, I'm doing what the Lord told me to do and it's it's working. And Peter's dealing with that right here. Even though it didn't make sense, even though he didn't he doubted Jesus, it's okay. But he did it anyway. He did it even though he was skeptical. And I think if we could learn to do that, especially in those situations where we think we know better. I I know what's best for me, you know. This is happening in my life, and um, I know the Lord's all-powerful. I know he could make this not happen, but uh, I still can't believe it's good for me. As opposed to, he's all-powerful, he loves me. And he's allowing this to happen, even though I don't understand it. Therefore, I'm going to go along with it because he knows better than I do. You see the difference there? And, and really, that's what Simon Peter is doing. Finally, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, what happened? They left everything and followed him. Now, I'm going to ask you, how much weight do you think this, this miracle of Jesus producing all these fish in the nets of Simon Peter, how much weight do you think that incident carried when it came to the decision of these first apostles to leave everything and follow Jesus? 
My guess is that it carried a lot of weight, and this was one of the main reasons why they were willing to risk their careers, their livelihood, and leave everything and follow Jesus because they saw what he could do. And I think I've seen this in my life. This is one of the the techniques that Jesus likes to use. He likes to give us a little taste of what he can do. He gives us a, a little incentive here or a big incentive when he wants us to follow him. You know, he doesn't he he wants to make sure he gets our attention and makes it seem appealing to follow him. It is appealing. But he tries and he does this often at the beginning of our relationship with him when we first get started getting to know him, walking with him. He um he sweetens the reward a little bit so we can we can come back for more. Now eventually as you continue to walk with him, you're going to reach that point where it's not all fun and games. It's not all uh, cartwheels and, and, and walking on air. Sometimes it gets a little tough to walk with Jesus. And that's because he just doesn't want to he doesn't want us to come to him to meet every one of our, our, our wants, not just our needs, but our wants. You know, we could easily get it to the point where we're so used to getting things from him, we just keep going to him. You know, Lord, I don't just want a car. I want the top-of-the-line car. I want the... I don't just want you to, to provide for my food needs. I, I want steak and lobster, you know, and that's, we can all fall into that. But this is an example of what Jesus can do if we trust him. And we can have these little moments throughout our life, you know, if we keep stepping out and trusting him more, he is often going to do this. He's going to challenge us and say, well, do you, do you, do you want? Are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do, even though you don't understand it? And I've learned that the best thing we can do is say, "Yes, Lord, I am." So there you go. That's uh, our little example rooted in today's daily gospel. Now we have what about uh, about a minute or so left in the program. I just want to thank you for spending this time with me. God willing, I plan to be here again tomorrow on the program, and I hope you'll be able to join me. It won't be the same without you. And if you have any questions, please email me at Gary at followingthetruth.com. I want to mention you, I mentioned you one more time. I've uh, mentioned this a couple times earlier this week. Donations are a little slow right now. So if you're able to help me out financially, I would be greatly, uh, very much appreciative of your financial contributions. Just go to followingthetruth.com and click on donate and you'll find out how you can do that. And I thank you in advance for anything you can do. All right, you take care of yourself. I hope you have a fantastic day. And always, as always, remember, I'm praying for you. And uh, I would ask that you please pray for me and my family as well. I would greatly appreciate that. And remember that sometimes the Lord's going to ask you to do things that don't make a whole lot of sense. But he really does know what he's doing. So try to imitate Peter and say, yes, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Okay, it's going to work out in the end. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.